What's going on, people? What is going on? As you already know, we coming through with the heavy hitters. As we see, it is Tuesday. I'm your host, the sixth man, K Styles. To my stage left, as you see, the man, the myth, the enemy, <clears throat> man, Mike Sports. I had to do the poem with that time. And as you see Girl, down there below us, you see the calm. You see the grace. <laughs> this, is, this is the minister himself. <laughs> Mr. <I like> that. <laughs> Talk. Sports. What's going on, fellas? Heavy hit of Tuesday, man. What is going on, man? Very excited. Good. A lot to talk about, bro. A lot to talk about. I'm very excited. And look, we're getting back in the swing of things. We almost at training camp. You know, that, that fresh grass start getting cut, start getting hot outside. Hey, y'all know what time it is. Oh, boy. And before we start this show, man, as you see my water bottle here, you already know what time it is. It's time for what, Mike? Those three words. Real rock. Sponsored by High Quality H2O. Oh yeah, that's crazy as hell. We three black guys and we <laughs> we we promoting water. <laughs> we Stay are thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> if you want to be the most interesting man in the world, and summertime is coming up here soon, drink water. Stay thirsty. All right, let's go ahead and get back to this roll call, man. As we already know. Our roll call today is gonna be started off with this 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 fool right here. Joseph Thornton is getting uh, I still ain't forget you talking about my talking still, about I got a son hey, out here. Hey, oh, hey. <laughs> this dude talking about I still I got a son going to Albany State. I like, hey, just about it. <laughs> but Joseph Thornton, we got Pat Norris, we got Floyd Donnelly, Eric Mack, Raymond Elder, true Drew True Statement. Todrick Davis, Nathan Floyd, CK22, Aunt J. Hey, we got our, one of our player partners, Noah Tendale, in the building, Brian Peoples. Excuse me. Jerry Bowie, D. Coleman, ATL Leo. Uh, we got Alex in the building. Um, I'm guessing he's doing all right after the draft. Um, if y'all ain't, don't know why, what you hear what I said? You don't, you want to know why we say Alex was tripping? <laughs> Go watch that first round because that was the most hilarious. Was it the first round or was it? No, it was the second round. It was the most hilarious thing y'all ever see. I've uh, got Andrew G and we're gonna go ahead with Georgia, Texas boy. Let's go ahead and get this show on the road. Mike, what do we have for him today? What do you want to get off? What, what what y'all want to get off y'all mind first? Y'all want to get into the draft talk, or do we want to go ahead and get the Grady Jarrett news out the way first? Don't matter. Probably Grady, because I think the draft, we can go a lot of different directions with the draft. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about it. As everybody knows, Grady Jarrett has signed his extension. What does that mean? 
They believe in Grady to give him his money. We keep a veteran on the defense and help groom these young guys, help these young guys get confidence in this defense. What do y'all feel about that? You know how I feel about it. I did a video earlier talking about Grady, and you guys know we always say it starts in the trenches. The trenches matter. And I feel like this just solidifies that Grady is the centerpiece. I mean, we've been saying it for the last, I don't know how long, since Grady's been on our team pretty much. Like, he's the focal point of the defense. He's the heartbeat of the defense. Uh, him and Deion Jones. Um, and I'm going to do a video about Deion Jones, and that's a whole nother subject because we got to put some respect on Deion Jones' name. That'll be another rant for another day. But Grady Jarrett is, you know, deserving of his money. And I'm just glad that he's here because we have a young team and every young team needs that veteran in the locker room. Uh, he's been to the mountaintop. We didn't win the Super Bowl, but him and Deion Jones, those guys have seen success. So you need guys in your locker room who are veterans because we got a very, very young team. So those guys, especially Grady, he doesn't say a whole lot. But he's a guy that leads by example. So I think this is huge for our Falcons, um, the heading in the right direction. But you need somebody that's been there, done that, been in playoff battles, been in. Like, he's seen it all. He's been through losing seasons. He's been through the ups and downs. And that's something important to have on your team is that veteran guy that never gets too high, never gets too low. We know that Grady just goes about his business. I consider him like a blue-collar superstar. He's not a diva. He's a guy that brings his lunch pail and that's because he was, what, a fifth-round pick, I believe. So mm-hmm. he just comes, does his job, similar to a Matt Ryan. Doesn't say a whole lot, just comes, does his work, not only inside of the facility, but he does a lot off the field as well. So I think that this is huge for our Atlanta Falcons, and I think that he's a guy that can be one of those franchise-type guys, and he's already in his DNA. We know with the hammer, Jesse Tuggle, former Atlanta Falcons legend, like I mentioned in my video I did earlier, He's following right in his father's footsteps. So I'm just happy that we have him here and that he wants to be here. Because to be real, with the last couple seasons we had, most superstars are going to run from that adversity. And he's looking it right in the face, no fear, and just saying, hey, look, I want to be here 10 toes down. I believe in this front office. I believe in Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot. I believe in Dean Pease. And that's what we need. We need guys that's going to buy in. So I think he's going to hold everybody accountable in that locker room, and I love it. What you got on that, Mike? Well, since it's the heavy hitters, um, boom! Gotta hit you with the hard facts, stats, and the truth. But I'm not gonna rant this time. I'm gonna keep it civilized. Um, This is exactly what the NFL, NFL need to take notice. They need to take notice of what the Falcons are doing. They're not signing a bunch of prissy you-know-whats. They're signing the guy that when he has an issue, he don't run to Twitter. He doesn't run to Instagram. He doesn't run and tell and and look at his teammates and and call his teammates out in in social media. He doesn't call out the organization in social media. He doesn't call out his coach. If he got a problem, Grady's gone. He's going to handle it in-house. And he's not gonna if he needs to, you know, renegotiate a contract. You heard what he said in his press conference. Hey man, just call, just hit up my agent. We can talk about it. 
men stand up. Real men stand up. Real men handle their business like businessmen, like real men. So at the end of the day, guys like Ryan Tannehill, like DeAndre Hopkins, like uh, Mr. Mini Me himself, Kyler Murray, don't, don't take everything to social media. Handle it like a man. Gray Jarrett, when you talk about a player that you should admire, he's up there with Aaron Donald when you talk about being admired. Aaron Donald don't do all that talking. It's on the field. Those guys, that's why when you look at model superstars, model players like people, as crazy as this might seem, people don't even look at Aaron Donald as a superstar. They don't praise him like a star. They don't praise Aaron Donald like, all right, that dude is a Deion Sanders. He's a Bo Jackson. Why? Because he doesn't do a lot of talking. So at the end of the day, players, that's on the field what counts. And what we can count on is Grady Jarrett on that field, whether he gets sacked Tonight, people, I see the comments. Trust me, I see everything. Mm-hmm. Whether he gets sacks or not, doesn't matter. I know I'm going to get some blood, sweat, and tears from Grady Jarrett. I know that. I know I'm going to get blood, sweat, and tears. And like you just said, he, it's in his DNA. He the son of the hammer, baby. Why you, why you think they call him the hammer? That man worked his behind off as a player. He didn't do all that crying. He kept it on the field. So at the end of the day, the Falcons did the right thing by giving Matt Matt Ryan, all right, doing the right by Matt Ryan, letting him go off in the sunset, letting him, giving him that two, three, um, $200 million contract. They did right by that because guess what? Yeah, I'm going to talk about Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan deserved that. Why? Because he's one of those guys that you don't have to worry about calling out they play, calling out organization, calling out the fans. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You don't have to worry about that. So at the end of the day, that's what you want representing your franchise. And they chose right by like and, and another thing too. You know, it's a little bit long, but they did the right thing by signing Jake Matthews. He's another one of those guys. They don't do all that talking. You ain't got to worry about Jake Matthews calling out his offensive line after they played like trash. You don't have to worry about that. What you do is get better, and you do all that complaining in the back. If you got something to say against your teammates and your organization, you do that in the back. So that's all I got to say about that, man. This is probably the best. And we talk about guys that, you know, that they wanted to represent this organization. Perfect. Perfect. Well. Let me just say it like this. And we we know we all hear it, the sack numbers and the Pro Bowls and 
things like that. It's all about, and y'all said the perfect word, it's all about what he represents as far as what you want to teach the young guys. I mean, yes, he, like I said, yes, statistically wise, it looks like a mediocre career. It looks like mediocre numbers. Mm -hmm. The tape don't lie. When he had Don Terry Poe, he was about that, that seven, eight sack guy when he had a guy next to him. Grady's worst years was with who? I'm, I'm finna ask y'all who was with who next to him. If I remember correctly, his uh, do we have to bring up that name? Do we just give it his nickname? Got to give it just give him Let the people in in the in the in the chat who who. Right. <laughs> who am I talking about? Who, who are you talking who, about? Who who who? who? <laughs> there we go, right there. That's one of them. Who was the other guy next to him? Silence. <laughs> oh boy. See, when we talk about a Aaron Donald, when we talk about an Aaron Donald, we talk about the great numbers he put up, and yes, he's put up great numbers, and he he dominates games. But you also have to remember who is also you got to look at his running mates that's next to him as well, to where they can't double and triple team him like that. Even though they tried, the next guy is gonna eat. See, when you got a guy next to him that wants to be on a vegan diet on the field. It doesn't look good. And plus, Grady was one of the first guys to just throw Julio after that whole shit that happened. Like, Julio who? Ooh, I forgot about that. Oh, it's all about ooh. what we got here. Yeah, he was like, yeah, we're going to talk about what the players who here. We're not going to worry about it. Right. <laughs> right. So, so. Like I said, we can talk all the shit about the lack of sacks and stuff like that. Look on the field. What do you see? But what I see is I see a guy that playing way too. Like I said, I see a guy that ain't got enough help on the damn field. Your second best sack artist is Deion Jones, the same guy most of you motherfuckers want to get rid of. Led the team in tackles for losses. Right. We want to get rid of it. Right. So, shouts out to him. Definitely well-deserved. We're going to talk about some of the players that was brought in as well that can definitely help him out. But hold on, hold on, man. We, We got a $10 super chat. Rodney H here says, Fellas, we may have a top 10 defense. Teams will no longer be able to triple team Grady. He has help. 
I mean, even if it's a top 10 defense or not, it won't be a – I don't want to see them be a bottom feeder team against the run because that's going to be the biggest thing of all. It, like I said, they just need turnovers. They need to stop the run. Boom, 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 boom. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. But definitely appreciate that. So – Let's go ahead and get into what everybody here is wanting to hear us talk about. Let's let's talk about your our thoughts on this NFL draft for the Atlanta Falcons. What was the theme of this draft? I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask both of y'all a question here, and I'm gonna answer it too. What? Do you feel like the theme of this draft was? What's your grade on it? And who was your favorite? Who who is the player to watch as far as this draft? We're gonna start with the minister. Let him preach. So everybody get ready to pass the collection plate. We about to get schooled here. Oh man! For <clears throat> one, we'll start with the grade. Um, I'll give them an A as a for a grade, and I've been seeing that from pro, pro football focus. All of the media outlets are giving us, you know, an A, and I'll say it's an A on paper because we haven't seen these guys actually play on the field. So I'm careful when they talk about grades. I'm just going by what I've seen, you know, out of the guys that they drafted and the way that they drafted. I think that they were very, a very strategic in the players that they picked and when they picked them. And I'll give it a great uh, a grade of an A for now until we see these guys on the field. Now, I think after the season, we should do a revision and talk about after the season what the grade was after the season. Because right now on paper, I'll give it an A, though. Um, the theme to me, and this is just me personally, they went after players that can come in and help us now. Because we know that we're kind of bereft of talent especially on the offensive side of the ball as far as the, the wide receivers. Like, I think, you know, we all wanted Jordan Davis with that first pick. But I kept mentioning Drake London. Drake London is the guy that I keep hearing. Drake London is the guy that I think he's going to be a matchup nightmare. If you pair him with Kyle Pitts, and I was saying this probably a month before the draft, all of us was talking about it. Like, once I seen Drake London's tape with me doing the prospect videos, I said, yeah, that guy's special. Like, it was just like when I seen Kyle Pitts for the first time. Like, we all three of us have an eye for talent. As we talk about the eye test, I just had to watch one highlight reel of Drake London, and I'm like, yeah, this dude's the real deal. This guy's going to be special. And I pretty much think that he's a another version of a Kyle Pitts. Like, he's a freak of nature. And you don't have to have a great quarterback because of his size. You just put the ball anywhere in his radius. He coming down with it. I mean, when I was looking at his tape – I'm like, he wins 90 to 95% of, you know, the contested balls. And that's something that we seen last year that our wide receivers couldn't do is they couldn't create separation and they couldn't catch the ball contested. Even the Calvin Ridley's of the world. Calvin Ridley was our number one wide receiver early in the season. But how many passes did we see Calvin Ridley consistently drop? And we're like, that's a routine catch. Like Mike, he had, he had a whole rant talking about, the difference between Calvin Ridley and like a Julio where like Julio will go up and break his neck to catch the football. And this, this dude, Drake London, the first thing he said is I'm fearless. I know I'm going to take a hit. I know I'm going to take big hits, but I'm fearless. I'm going to go up there and make, 
tough catches. He's not afraid. He understands how to use his frame because there's some guys that are big, but they don't understand how to use their frame. And he's a guy, when I watched him on tape, I'm like, I fell in love with him because of the way that he's able to adjust his body. He plays with great balance. And I think that him and Kyle Pitts together is going to be special. And I know in our division, we play some really tough defenses. Like, I know you guys seen the Saints just got Tyron Matthew, and they're Mm -hmm. physical with their corners. Lattimore and those guys like to hold. But if you just put that ball up, you got Kyle Pitts, you have Drake London, you got to have receivers that are physical at the point of attack. And we know the Saints and those, you know, those corners, they like to hold. But when you got big guys like the Kyle Pitts, like the Drake Londons, they feed into that type of game or that physicality type of game. So I really love the Drake London pick, even though I wanted that nose tackle, I wanted Jordan Davis. I think that that was a huge pick of us getting Drake London. And he was my favorite guy out of the draft. You know, all the, all the guys we drafted, I think he's the the best player right now. Like, I think he's already kind of polished and ready to go. I think you drop him in this Atlanta Falcons offense, and he's the best receiver on the team. Other than Kyle Pitts, he's the best wide receiver that we have. You want to label him a wide receiver. But just in general, I'll say for the defense, I love the Arnold Ebiketti. I love I love him out of Penn State, and I also like the um, D'Angelo Malone pick. I think those two guys on the edge are going to be special. I really think that those guys, if they develop, I really think that they could be special, especially uh, Ebiketti, because I think he's the most raw out of the two. I think D'Angelo Malone possibly will come out and be more polished at first, because to me, he has more pass rush moves at this point. But I think uh, if you work with Arnold Ebiketti, give him time, I think he's just like Ogan Deji, that he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be special as well. And he already has the raw talent. So I want to leave some 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 for you guys. So I'm going to stop right there because I know we got a lot to talk about. We had a lot of draft picks, but I'm excited. I'm going to say that. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very intrigued. But I think the Drake London pick was really, really – I think that was the best pick out of all of the guys that we got because he's coming in day one. He can get you 1,000 yards in his rookie season. We just seen Kyle Pitts make a Pro Bowl in his first season, and I think with Drake London, he's a guy that can get you a thousand yards right off the bat. So you ain't got nothing to worry about. You drop him in this offense, he can line up inside or outside, and he's going to expose whoever you put on him because he, you, a linebacker can't match him, a corner can't match him, nobody can match up with a one on one. All right, but before I go in next, before I go, I'm gonna go and hit this five dollar super chat. <clears throat> Dirty Bird for Life said, what do you guys think about picking Drake London at eight, hearing in the blogs that we drafted Kyle Pitts again? What do you think? Uh, I think Jew pretty much hit that nail on the head with the end of his statement. I mean, if you essentially look if you essentially look at the um if you actually look at the games that Drake London played in. He had a terrible quarterback throwing him the football. <laughs> uh, uh, bro, it gave me Reggie Ball vibes. And for <laughs> all the six Georgia Tech fans in Georgia, remember <laughs> Reggie Ball couldn't throw the ball oh, accurately yeah. worth a damn. And, and, and that's kind of like when you see that going on, you really see the special talent that Drake London can be. Like he said, catch radius is off, off the chain. He ain't he he ain't alligator arm and shit. So I, I'm cool with. It. 
But as far as what I think the theme is, I think they went with the same theme from last year. They just tweaked it a little bit. And that was the, uh, it, like you said, it was versatility. Like versatility just comes with it. It was like versatility and progress because you got a lot of guys that are prosper raw but no and athletic as hell but then let's let's just put this straight up into point when you look at drake london you, you see the athletics that's the basketball player comes out of him when he's on the field on the ebiketti this he he is a violent rusher as far as using his hands troy anderson um well 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 I don't know what the fuck to call him. We don't know what the hell he is. <laughs> he 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 he, he, look, he he looks like he tosses cows in the farm. But when you see him play on the field, he play like he played like an inner city kid. But hold on, hold on, wait a minute, hold on. Let me go ahead and highlight this right quick. My Jew, I think one of y'all have a new member in Kai the Kid, the games. Pick up the pieces. Pick up the pieces. Definitely appreciate that, man. That the love is always there, but but yeah, I think it's like versatility and athleticism, man. It's definitely what the theme. Um, I give I give this grade a I give this draft a, a because you've essentially gotten guys that have high ceilings, but you didn't have to reach for. It. And that mm-hmm. is like the major, major concern that was coming into this draft as far as when it comes to a lot of these players is where the Falcons going to reach for people. You get Drake London with the first pick. That's right around that area where he was about to get picked. Arnold Ebiketti. You actually got to steal for a second-round pick with that one mm-hmm. because he was a first-round graded talent. Troy Anderson was right around that area. Desmond Ritter, he was a second-round talent that you got in the third round. D'Angelo Malone, right right around there. I mean, it's it's all over the board. And these guys, these guys are some ballers. I fuck with it. And the guy, and also the guy that I'm looking forward into this out of this draft class. It's Tyler Algier, man. He's going to be crucial for this draft class because with with them releasing Mike Davis, he's going to have opportunity to to bring that physicality to this team, bring that mindset to that backfield. But Lord have mercy, we need somebody that's like that. He's all down. <laughs> what Chauncey say? <laughs> all gas, no brakes. That's how he mm-hmm. is when he's running straight for him. All gas, no brakes. Mm-hmm. So, hey, man, I give it an A, man. Go ahead, Mike. What you got for him? Well, they already think I'm crazy, so I might as well just add a little bit to it. But I'm giving it an A+. Plus for something that they didn't do. They didn't do. 
I'm giving it A plus for what they didn't do. And what they didn't do is add to a couple of positions where these guys needed to have time. You never know what you're going to get, all right, if these guys don't have the time to actually prove that they can play. You didn't add to the offensive line, and they shouldn't have added to the offensive line. Why? Because we don't know what we get from Hennessy. We don't know what we getting from Dahmer. We don't know what we getting from Caleb McGarry at this point, even at, even when they declined it. We don't know he could turn out to be a Pro Bowler if he just, just suddenly get it. We didn't add to the room. We need to figure out what we have right now, and these five guys, if they can't make it happen this year, then we know we need to go get another offensive tackle. But we don't know we get in Hennessy. We know we what we got in Chris Mitchell. We don't know what we got in, um, in Caleb McGarry at this point, and we don't know what we getting from Mayfield. So why would I go out and bring another rookie into a situation <laughs> we don't even know what the other rookie is? And that corner. What's the point of bringing in another corner when we have a all pro corner? And I'm calling him all pro. And AJ, why? Why are we doing that? Why are we bringing in guys like uh, Sauce? That would have been an ignorant way to go. I know a lot of people are like, no, nah, bro, we need a Sauce. Like, no, we don't know. What Casey, we well, we know what Casey Haywood is at this point. He's a solid, he's a very, he's a solid corner at this point in time in his career. So we know that. We don't know what we're going to get in from uh, Richard Grant. We don't know what we're going to get from Darren Hall. We don't know what we're going to get from, um, it's, it's a, um, hey, right, we, we got all these corners. So I give him an A plus for not bringing in another rookie and just seeing this is about wasting money and wasting picks. We wasted picks and we wasted money for so long with this organization. Uh, do, do I got to keep, do I got to bring up Dennis or not? What the hell do we, why do we draft him if he, if he went going to get no playing time? We know he ain't going to get no playing time and we drafted him anyway. The, this, this is the reason why I say I'm falling in love with this regime because they're not wasting draft picks. It's it's a waste of draft picks if you're drafting guys, you know they're not gonna get playing time. Foolish. So I give it an A plus for two things, and, and another thing I gotta say there too. At this point, we don't know what Mario is gonna be. And we went out and got a quarterback, a young quarterback. That has some promise. So at the end of the day, we covered a lot of bases. We covered a lot of things with not doing things and the things that we did. So all the way around, you gotta get these, you gotta get these guys opportunity to play. And they're not gonna get an opportunity to play when you got sauce garden on. Like, it's like you would have waste like three or four picks, just in like two, three picks right off the bat. And Hall and Richie Grant, if you have a uh, if you would have drafted a soft guard, 
mm-hmm. or Darius Stingley. It, it was just it's it's it, it's a it's the thing that you don't do that in the end you can say, "Dang man, if I would have got this guy, ain't no." And then we wonder why guys like Brett Fall end up becoming great because y'all just wasted a whole bunch of picks on guys they weren't gonna get no playing time. That's why that guy like Brett Fall and 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 you know Aaron Aaron Rodgers end up becoming great is because they put all these dang superstars, all these good talents on one team. So I give it an A plus for what they didn't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I've been seeing it all day. Well, they get a C minus because they didn't get Malik Willis or Kobe Dean and all this stuff. Um, that's all I say, bro. And this is another thing that I want to point out about the Atlanta Falcons, and I say they definitely ain't shit for this. This is why I say they antagonize the hell out of the, the armchair Twitter GMs. They, 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 the first thing they asked before the draft was, all right, <laughs> Twitter GMs, who do you think we need to draft? Yo, that was wild. That was wild. And that whole, and that whole thing said Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis. Malik Willis. I like, okay, now, what's going to happen if that doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. And that's where you see a lot of these um, C minuses and Fs and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe, Joseph Thornton. I'm gonna say it again tonight. That's the um, <laughs> sit your goofy ass down crowd. That's what we are gonna call it. Yeah, the sit your goofy ass down crowd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, but um. <laughs> yeah, that shit, that shit is still going, bro. Everybody still talking about that. Oh, boy. <laughs> and like I said, y'all, like I said, y'all can clip this put that part of it too. For the people that are still mad about not getting such and such, such and such, such and such, you tell them <laughs> sit your goofy <laughs> ass down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they need to do. Exactly, but um. As we already knew about the draft class, pretty well, pretty well constructed. Is there any undrafted free agents that y'all have? To, oh, make sure everybody, make sure before we get to this, make sure y'all go ahead, continue to subscribe, follow, hit the notification bell on Mad Mind Sports, Jew Talk Sports, and your boy Six Man K Styles. Um. Hey, I'm I'm getting close to these guys right now. So hey, yeah, yeah, help a brother out. Yeah, we, we oh, getting yeah. there, man. We getting there. We getting but, there. Y'all make sure y'all make sure y'all leave y'all questions in here too, because we got the QA segment at the end of the show. But mm-hmm. okay, so that, that, that was a little 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 10 second um commercial, live commercial. So we good. Um so out of the undrafted free agents, the Falcons have picked up on. I'm going to let Mike, I'm going to let you start off with this. Out of that list, who are you most intrigued by? Ooh. I got to say Brad Hawkins. Um, 
I gotta say Hawkins because um it kind of remind me of, of of an old school type of safety. Like he's the old school type of safety where you're gonna feel his presence. Um when you see him on the field, like he's looking to hit. <laughs> like he's not trying to do anything else. He's looking to put he's looking to put uh he's he looking to put the hurt on you. Like I, I, I like those types of safety. They looking to make their presence felt. And he's not looking for interceptions like guys like Thomas Deku and the new Pit, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, DeMonte Casey. He's not looking for interceptions. He's not looking for interceptions like, um, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. What, Dan Quinn didn't want that no more? No, he didn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> right. He, he, look, man. Yep, uh, Dan Quinn was like, "Nah, I don't need you. I don't want you no more." So, yeah, he's not looking for interceptions no more, man. So, I I, I like those types of safeties, the ones that look like, and they they want to hit. Like I I want I want safeties that are a little bit crazy, if that makes sense. A little Willie Moe in him, a little Keanu Nick. You can look at look in Keanu's eyes and look like, yeah, that boy off. Just look in his eyes and say, yeah, he a little bit off. He ain't got it all. I I need that type of safety. So that's the type. That's the guy that I'm looking uh, at is because I I want a safety that hits, man. I'm tired of all these couple safety. The hell with that. I want somebody to run through a damn brick wall or something like Juggernaut or something. You know what I'm saying? Like I need, I need them to get ready to roll through. I'm, I'm dead serious when I say run through a wall. If look, if you say, hey, here's a, a million dollars, I need you to run through that wall. Look, that's what I need on my team, and that's what I look because we saw what um, what's his name? Um, 21 last year. I forget the name. Oh. The uh Ron Harmon. Harmon. Like he was a very good safety, but like I thought he lacked, you know, that hard hitting. And I think like a lot of teams weren't afraid of that. So like now, yeah, I, I need somebody to bust your head, man. Uh, I need some head busters on my team, bro. We some head busters. We some head busters. <laughs> we I, I need that, bro. <laughs> We need somebody. We need some people who. We need some people who look like uh, Arthur Smith. Like, let's be real. That motherfucker look like <laughs> he 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 looked like he cuckoo. Okay, that's what I need on my. That's what I need on my team. And when I look at Brad Hawkins, that's exactly when I see his game. He like he's not trying to do nothing. He's trying to seek bodies. That's what <laughs> <laughs> he trying. He's trying to hit people, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? He the hit man. He the hit man, bro. <laughs> oh man. All right, all right. Ju, what you got, man? What you got? Any of one of those undrafted free agents that catch yeah. your eye? Yeah, I thought she was gonna go before me because we talked nah. about it a little bit before the show. Oh, I got you know another. The- I got another one in mind. So go right ahead. Okay. I mean, you guys know I always start in the trenches, and we didn't get Jordan Davis. 
look, big Jordan Davis, as I always call him. So mm-hmm. they went and look, we went to, you know, the, the family dollar. They went and shopped off the, the dollar menu. <laughs> hey, look, but they went and got a big boy. Timmy Horn out of Kansas State. Mm-hmm. I went and looked up. I just wanted to pull up his uh, stats so I could see his, how big of a guy he is. 6'5", mm-hmm. 330 pounds. Yeah, that's what we wow. need next to Grady Jarrett. That's what we need next to Grady. So I think he's making the 53-man roster just because of size alone. Like, you can't teach that kind of size. And that's what I'm talking about. We need that beef up front. Let's just be real. We need those big boys up front. We need those big uglies. Because I want Grady to be able to eat. Like, if we want to see Grady eat like he's supposed to, we need to get that big guy that can plug up the middle. Like, that's not what Grady should be doing. Grady should have a different role on this team. And I talked about it a little bit in my video earlier that I did on Arnold Evichetti. It's like, you need those big guys. And we know that Dean Pease gives each player a particular role. To me, Grady Jarrett's role is not to be a guy that's taking up double and triple teams. Like, we already know that Grady's not the biggest guy. Grady's special ability is his ability to get after the passer, his ability to make tackles for loss. So if you want to get the best, you want to see the best version of Grady, like we saw in 2016, when he had, you know, Rasheed Hagerman, when he had those big guys inside that could take up space, we saw the best Grady. Like we've seen him in the Super Bowl with three sacks in the Super Bowl, and that's because he had those guys in the middle. So now that you you added or you brought back Anthony Rush, and then now you bring in a Timmy Horn, and this goes back to what Michael said a little bit ago, when he talked about us not reaching and wasting draft picks, it's like they knew, you know, it was intentional that they didn't go in in the draft and take one of those defensive tackles because they knew that it was a lot of free agents out there, you know, undrafted guys that would still be out there with size because that's pretty much the same size as Jordan Davis. Now I'm not saying this kid is Jordan Davis because Jordan Davis we know is an alien. You know, he was made in the lab somewhere the way that he ran that 40 and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. Six five, three hundred thirty pounds. All I need you to do is just sit in this in this gap. That's it. Don't let nobody touch Grady. Just sit in this gap. That's all I need you to do. And that's all Dean Pease is basically going to do is just give him a role. I just need you to make sure you hold the point. That's it. Grady gonna do the rest. You hold the point, and the convoy is coming. You know the guys are coming behind you. The Deion Joneses. You know the linebackers that we have. They gonna float to the football. All I need you to do is just penetrate in the backfield and allow your you know, your superstars to be superstars. So I really love this this Timmy Horn pickup. I think he's going to be a guy. Him and Anthony Rush are going to be those guys to do the dirty work. We don't need Grady Jarrett being that guy doing the dirty work. Grady is the superstar. We need him getting to the football and getting the sacks and things of that nature. I need the Anthony Rushes. I need the Timmy Horns to just sit up there and take up space and throw people around. Just start throwing people out the club. Just start pushing, you know, pushing those guys on the offensive line around and be that enforcer. Like I was watching earlier, they were showing um, Charles Oakley. He did an interview with Shannon Sharp, and he got a book out called The Enforcer, and that's pretty much was his job. His job was to protect Michael Jordan. His job on the Knicks was to beat up guys and protect the stars, the Pat Ewans, and that's what I need Timmy Horn to do. Just come on my team and be a bouncer. Be the first one to get off the bus. Be the bouncer. That's what I need. I need them to be Grady's bouncers. That's it. Keep the superstar clean. That's all I need y'all to do. Bro, that's it. That's it. (laughs) Let the superstars be the superstars. That's it. Man, I like like both of those. 
Uh, there's another one that I had in mind. Um, I know Derek Tangelo was one of them. But there was another one that kind of intrigued me the most. And this right here is an absolute weapon oh, that could be used for the Atlanta Falcons. There is a weapon that they picked up in here. Who is this weapon I'm talking about? This is right up your alley, too. I'm talking about Seth Vernon, <laughs> punter from Portland State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's right up his alley. Y'all should. And the thing about it is, as we already know, the special teams game is very important as far as fifth flipping field position. Um, oh, this guy, this guy is a unconventional size punter. I've never seen a punter this damn big before. This dude is 6'5", 235. This motherfucker can play linebacker. That's how big he is. They're already laughing at you. Uh, uh, punter. I know they laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because this dude literally averaged last year putting the ball 47 yards a punt. 47. 45. Ooh. I know Steelers punter. No, Steelers punter <laughs> is not that side. I know Percy Harvin the third. I know. I'm a tech guy. You, you ain't got to tell me about the Steelers punter. <laughs> but I say the one thing about Seth Vernon's that is kind of like a slight on him, but it can be improved. Is sometimes he kicks the ball so damn far, he kicks his cut, he kicks, oh, he takes his coverage away from the punt. But that's going to be worked with time. That's going to be worked with experience and stuff like that. But motherfucker, hang time is out, outrageous. It's outrageous, bro. Like I said, anybody that's averaging 46 yards per punt for an entire football season is is something serious. So, um, and yes, he's real unconventional, too, because um, the city of Atlanta better be happy because you got a black punter now. So just be happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) You got a black punter now. I don't know how many teams can say that. <laughs> exactly. You gotta is that that what I said? They 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 gonna be happy to see. Well, we're gonna find well, we got nah, they not gonna be happy to see that because it ain't Malik Willis, they don't give a shit. But <clears throat> you have a leg there, and he will over time start getting more of his coffin corner game on point. Like I said, he'll flip that field position for the Falcons' defense, and the defense is going to love it. So I'm going to go ahead with that. I know that was unconventional. I know that was like, uh, really, we we talking about punters now? <laughs> y'all go look. Y'all go look at Bruh, some of the punter is huge. Like, uh, trust me, we lost a lot of games last year. We lost like two or three games last year because <laughs> the punter shanked a few, mm-hmm. quite a few. Why? 
Right. That's why they had to bring in Tom Mo- Thomas Morstead because mm-hmm. they needed somebody that knew how to place it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right now, the only partner we had on this roster was Tom Maggio. I mean, Dom Maggio. Like, who? Yeah. <laughs> who? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, I do it like that. But um, we're going to go ahead and go ahead and get to this Q&A part of the show. Um, Everybody go ahead and throw your questions in there. <clears throat> my bad job. My bad job. Talking about punters, I didn't think I was gonna talk about that <laughs> this year, but we we got we got we got um bootleg that that's what we call him. His, his name gonna be bootleg. But um let's see, cool is up. Let me let me read some of these comments while y'all get these questions out. Um let's see what we got here. Make fumble here said move Schaefer the left guard, move Mayfield the right tackle, trade. McGarry for a third. <laughs> Ain't that damn easy. <laughs> what y'all think on that? I know I mean, we've been. When it comes to the, the the offensive line, I think they'll give them a, one more season just to see what we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Chemistry is the main thing for offensive line is being able to gel. So I don't think that it's like you said, Kate, it's not that easy to get be able to get rid of somebody because if McGarry's not playing well, who's giving you a third rounder? Like he has to prove that he can play. So at this point, I think that they'll keep him for the full season. God forbid if you know, I think they're gonna compete regardless, because you guys know that we brought in uh Infetti from mm-hmm. uh, Seattle, I believe. So it's yeah. gonna be competition regardless, but I think you just roll with the same five. I said that last season. Mike said the same thing. Like, let these guys gel. It was Mayfield's first year. Um, Hennessy's first year starting at center. I think you got to see what you have in these first guys. First year as a play call as well. Right. In a new offense. So, you got to give these guys a chance to gel. So, I think they'll come back with this. Like, personally, I think that the same five will be out there week one. God forbid, knock on wood, any injuries. But other than that, I don't think that Infetti or any of these guys are going to outplay the guys that we currently have. Even with uh, Schaefer that he's talking about from Georgia, I think he's really physical. And what I like about him is his size because he's like 330. He's a really big guy. And that's what I like out of a guard to be big and sturdy and be able to hold, you know, prevent that inside pressure. We talked about it last year. That's what kind of killed uh, Matt Ryan and killed the offensive line was the guard position, um, not Chris Lindstrom, but Mayfield. And Hennessy, some, on some plays, we know last season where he wasn't blocking anybody. He was kind of confused. So I think that that's what we, I'm looking for this season is just give, them guys, give those guys a chance. I wouldn't move on from McGarry yet. I think this is his season that he can prove if he deserves a new contract. So I wouldn't have picked up his fifth-year option either. I think give those guys at least one more season, a full season, to see what you got because you might be surprised. These guys might surprise you. Even Mayfield. I know a lot of people out on Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm not. Me and Mike always say give them about three years, you know, give players a chance to develop. I want to see if this actual coaching staff can develop these guys because we always talk about the player, but are you going to put that player in position to succeed? We always talk about that. And Millie Mills, the partner that you're talking about that got cut after two games was um, Cam Neasy. 
Cam Nazareth, whatever the fuck his name. Sound like a bot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. Nazareth, whatever, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. He, oh, Nazareth last year. Yeah. Cam Needy yeah. to kick himself out of a job. <laughs> boy. And the year before that, Sterling Hoffman kicked that himself out of a job. <laughs> but we got a full 99 super chat. ATL for Life here says, I'm a huge fan of the show. Question for Mike and Ju. How do you feel about the team moving forward and defense moving forward and the coaching staff? Huh? I mean, I trust them at this point. Um, I've stated this numerous times. Um, They have a vision. That's, 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 I mean, it's simple. It could possibly be. Uh, I'm going to take the K-Styles approach to it, and I'm going to pass it to you, but they have a fucking vision, <laughs> okay? They have a vision. That's it. I can, like, you can see what they are doing, and it's clear that they believe in what they're doing. Like, that's the biggest thing. They're clear what they're doing, and when you look at the players that they're drafting, these guys are off, awfully similar. So a lot of teams are going to have to like, and the, the the weird thing about this is that the players that they want is often players that teams don't want. You ever realize with this? Nobody wants Drake London. He doesn't run a fast four. He runs like a four or five. He's tall. He's lanky. He doesn't run these super crisp routes. Nobody wants Jalen Mayfield. Let's be honest. Nobody wanted Jalen Mayfield. Outside of Kyle Pitts, like, did people really want Kyle Pitts like that? I'm not sure. But the thing about Kyle Pitts is he just ran a four, like a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> and, like, that blew teams away. But when you look at this team, like, they have a clear vision of what they want and the types of players that they want. They're going out there, so I think that's the like that's what's most impressive for me is that they know what they want. Because I God knows I had no clue what the hell uh, Thomas Dimitri were doing. I have no clue what they was even thinking because the vision changed every two years or so. Yeah, I'll piggyback on what you said, uh, Mike. I agree. Like, they have a vision. They're getting players that fit their scheme. And you guys know when I talked about Drake London, the first thing I noticed was he's similar to A.J. Brown. That's the first thing I compared him to. Like, when I seen him, I'm like, he's bringing that same Tennessee Titans offense to Atlanta. And that's what I like. Like you said, we always talked about it, and the word Mike was uh, looking for is identity. What was our identity under Dan Quinn? Nobody knows. Like, everybody talks about um, Shanahan. Like, Shanahan being that guy where when he was here, it's like, should Shanahan have been the head coach of this team? Because if you look at that DNA of the 2016 Falcons, we're one of the high-scoring teams. So that really wasn't a defensive team. Really, Mm -hmm. it was more of Kyle Shanahan's fingerprints on that team than Dan Quinn. You know, if if we be honest, and when – Kyle Shanahan left, we seen 
it looked like it was Kyle Shanahan's DNA because when he left, we couldn't get that magic back. But let's be real. The offense mm-hmm. went down the drain when they went backwards and tried to bring back Dirk Cutter. That whole the whole thing, that whole offensive scheme went down the drain. And we know that that team, that 2016 team, the engine to that team was that offense. Let's be real. The defense created turnovers, but what made that team go was Matt Ryan having an MVP season, Julio Jones, uh, Muhammad Sanu, uh, Freeman, Coleman, you know, all of the litany of guys we had, Austin Hooper. I mean, the list goes on. Taylor Gabriel. Like, that's what made that team go, was putting up 30 to 35, 40 points a game. Like, that team being a historically great offense. So, at least with this team, we know, and that's what I talked about, wanting an offensive-minded coach. At least now you know. Being that our head coach is Arthur Smith, we know that what he wants. He wants a tough, hard-nosed team in the trenches on both defense and we see what he's trying to build here in Atlanta. I want big, athletic, you know, offensive weapons, which he had in Tennessee. I want guys that are not afraid to go across the middle, are able to make contested catches, and guys that are going to be able to run out the catch and want to be able to establish a running game. I mean, we see it. So that's what this team is going to be, a tough, hard-nosed, a hard-nosed smart team. Because one thing they keep talking about is players' IQ. That's something I keep trying to bring up in my videos. Terry Fondo keeps repeating that. Dean Pease keeps repeating that. It's not about just being athletic, but you have to have IQ. If you're athletic, but you're dumb and you don't know what the opponent is doing to you, your athleticism, you know, means nothing. So I really think that that's what they're building. I like that. I like that. But um, we got a 999 Super Chat. Uh, Cole Jack Man Tucker came in here. He said he was sorry for joining late in the conversation. That's okay, man. As long as you here, he said, "Who is who is the most you're excited for in this draft, and why? And give me one you don't agree with or may hate." Ooh, very in depth question. Uh, yeah. I like that. Uh, I'm. I'm one you don't agree with <sighs> well if i'm gonna be real is the one that i don't agree with but i don't necessarily hate it is it um it's the first pick honestly drake london i like i didn't agree with picking it <laughs> i think we need to <laughs> as you always say address the trenches um so like i like I'm most excited for him, but I actually did not like that pick at all. Like, if you would have saw all, every last one of us, when we saw what the pick was, you, myself, everybody was like, are, we, are you kidding me? We getting another wide receiver? We just had to deal with Julio and Calvin. That's the last thing that we wanted. So um, if it was that one person, yeah, I got to say Drake London, that I, I, I'm most excited because that tandem between him and Kyle Pitts, bro, look, I'm 6'3". My little brother next to me, he's 6'7", 240 pounds. So I know a little bit about size, okay? That dude is something else to handle when he put basketball. Like, he hold the ball up a certain way, you can't get it. I just throw an alley up to him. He gonna go get it. 
and this is my brother, <laughs> I know how difficult it is to defend somebody six seven six eight K. So trust me, those dudes are gonna be a problem. Okay, they're gonna be a problem, bro. Mm-hmm. What you what's your take on that, Drew? Um, I'll say the pick that I was like, who in the world and what is this was Detroit Anderson because I didn't know anything about him. Like I didn't just my initial was like, who is this kid out of Montana State? But then when I actually went and looked look up his highlights, I had to kind of eat my words because at first I'm like, who with all these guys on the board? Who is a Troy Anderson? Montana State, like just based off of his school. And I had never heard of him. I'm like, who is this kid? But when I looked up his actual highlight reel, I see why the Falcons fell in love with him. Um, just looking at his his tape, this dude looks like he's the ultimate. When we say Swiss Army knife, we call CP <laughs> a Swiss Army knife. This cat played offense, defense, special. I said, this is Taysom Hill part two. And I seen that dude. I said, we done drafted Bobby wow. Boucher. This dude played some of everything. <laughs> this dude going to be able to be the water boy. <laughs> I said, man, this dude here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Mr. Court Clyde. Uh, yeah, uh, man. My mama said, they don't want me playing no football. He looked like a water boy, too. Yeah, man. So when I seen it, I was like, yeah, I didn't agree with that one. But I had to, eat, like I said, I had to eat my words because when I seen his highlight reel, again, I talk about it. It don't take me long. You show me like a highlight clip of somebody. I don't even really have to do a lot of film study. Yeah. Just show me the highlight reel. And I can see like, oh, man, this dude was dominated on his level. And that's mm-hmm. something that I always love and I always talk about. When you're looking at a guy that played in a smaller, like at a smaller school, was he dominating his competition? And when I turned his highlight reel on, I'm like, this man is dominating the competition. Like he looked like the fastest man on the field. He looked like the best player on the field at all times. And I was like, yeah, this dude, I can see the Falcons doing some things with him, not only as a linebacker, because the Falcons keep saying he's going to be a linebacker. Don't be surprised if Arthur Smith somehow finds a package for him on all offense. Right. I'm just being real. <laughs> he's slick. Like, he's slick like that. I mean, he kind of moved. He kind of uh, did that with uh, uh, Felipe French. Kind of put him in, had him uh, listed as a tight end. So look, bro, like Arthur, he's very, he, he's slick yeah. with it. He's slick. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we're gonna get a Saints to taste of their own medicine. When I seen him, I'm like, this is Taysom Hill 2.0. When I seen it, I said, this Taysom, this Taysom Hill brother, this dude is, <laughs> dude. he's an athlete. He's an athlete. I mean, to run the fastest 40 at the combine, a 441, dude, 6'4, 230, 240 pounds. Yeah. And they say he's a, a quarterback. So he has the IQ, he's a linebacker. I'm like, yeah. And I seen somebody earlier in the chat say Brian, uh, Brian Erlacher. I'm like, yeah, he oh, he has the the makers to be a really really good linebacker as well. So wherever they put him on the field, like Mike talked about, I said we need players that can play now. And looking at that guy, you can plug him anywhere: special teams, offense, mm-hmm. defense. He can do it all, and he's definitely not going to be a wasted pick because they already interviewed him. They said, well, what position you play? He said, I can do whatever the coach want me to do. Whatever, whoever, whatever room they place me in, man, I wouldn't look, be surprised man, if this man can punt. As Case out talking about a punter, look. he probably can punt too. <laughs> oh man, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, because you got to think about what Troy Anderson. This is what a lot of people don't know about Troy Anderson. 
he was a he was a freshman of the year at running back. He won a Sky Conference quarterback of the year and Sky Conference linebacker of the year twice. Yeah. <laughs> if that ain't dominating your position, if that ain't dominating on your level, what is like you winning everything? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> little Tony Rice said he was now gonna be known as Robo Backer. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker was running like T. He was running like T one hundred, like like T one hundred from Robo from from, from the Terminator boy. The way he would change the boy, now he done. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. That, that dude, he a football player. Right, that's that's right. the ultimate Swiss Army knife. I don't think I can use Swiss Army knife no more. When I seen him, I said, yeah, that's that's the ultimate Swiss Army knife. Man, but, just seeing him hawk down that receiver, I was like, what the <laughs> hell is that? That ain't no damn man. That's a damn deer. Like that dude, that dude was looking He did away. He just did away. I was like, Am I seeing what I? Yeah, I... that dude is an android, bro. That's Android sixteen in the sky. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, all my Dragon yeah. Ball Z fans, that was that's Android sixteen. <laughs> Damn that! But we got a uh, five dollar super chat from the Lonely Wolf who howls alone at the moon. Well, that sounds like a song I've heard before. <laughs> but we appreciate it, man. He said, "I love how people are hating on Anderson, and he's faster than most wide receivers at six four, two hundred and forty three pounds." At that, if, if I'm gonna just put it like this, if I can't outrun you while I'm talking shit, then I'm like I'm I'm immediately. <laughs> Because I don't if I'm gonna talk shit and run, I'm gonna make sure that dude can't outrun me before I start talking shit. So if you not if, if you can't outrun Troy Anderson, yeah, you might want to be scared of. Mm-hmm. That dude can literally it's like trying to have you look, it's like being in the club with them big ass bouncers and you looking mm-hmm. at them it's like, yeah, I might want to think twice about starting some shit tonight. When you get this right. big old six foot five, three hundred pound guy who can run like a damn deer. And to that I'm last part of the question, Kojak, you said the one player that um uh it, pretty much everybody said it, it was the Drake London pick because it was it was just one of those things where we was more so thinking more defense, more trying to add one of those premier pass rushers. But the reason, but but the reasoning behind it is what I can understand because the one thing nobody's really talking about when it comes to these receivers. Look at this. Look look at the market for these receivers now. Ooh, Jesus! That fifth year option is crucial. That means you essentially can pay this guy on. His rookie contract and options for at least five to six years, if need be. Mm-hmm. We just saw AJ Brown get a hundred million dollar con- contract extension from Philadelphia. 
You saw what Devontae Adams was making. You see what Tyreek Hill's making. You see where a lot of these wise. And it all started from the damn Jacksonville Jaguars giving Christian Kirk the money he got. And it just was a trickle effect from hell for these wide receivers and this money since then. And another thing you got to think about, Kay, is like with these wide receivers now, we're seeing them come right into the league and perform. Like if you look at the the Jamar Chases, you look at the Justin Jeffersons, like these guys are coming in and they're putting up Julio Jones numbers. They're putting up Devontae Adams number. Like you have Jamar Chase come in in his rookie year and get to the Super Bowl and pretty much ball on everybody. Like we've seen what he did to Jalen Ramsey, who Mm -hmm. is arguably, they say, the best corner in the league. Like, he made him look like he was a veteran. So let's be real. Like, at this point, these wide receivers that are coming out in the first round, like a lot of these guys, they're ready to go. You know what I'm saying? that the, They're transferring into the league like running backs. Like, at one point, they used to say, like, running backs was pretty much the easiest position to transition. Like, a lot of these wide receivers are coming right in and performing, getting 1,000 yards. Even with Kyle Pitts for us last year, being that generational talent, coming right in with that first pick. And basically, I don't know if you guys seen the pro football focus, like they're rated, they rated all the tight ends. They got Kyle Pitts after one season being the best tight end in the league. So that just goes to show you like these guys, some of these skilled players, they're coming in, hitting the ground running. Like it's not like the quarterback position in a lot of these other positions where it's going to take you years and years and years to develop. A lot of these guys are coming in ready to play. So, like you said, you better off this going. Go ahead and getting these guys on these rookie contracts instead of trying to pay these veteran guys, you know, a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. And Lonely Wolf came with another one. He came with a two dollar super chat. He said Calvin really wants a contract extension for fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Boy, he fumbled the bag badly, bro. I ain't even gonna tell no lie, boy. Calvin probably looking like God damn. Yeah. I done, I done fumbled this bag, bro. And it's the it's the most hilarious thing now because it's like wow. Hey, you know you know that episode, you remember that episode where uh Mark was playing our heart when Jenny was threatening to uh, leave. And then she got uh, she was about to leave. Like, <laughs> that was the best. That was the pot. That was actually the pot. That was the pilot episode too. I remember. I was just watching that earlier. Bro, that was the pilot episode. Like, she said, I'm gonna "Fuck you, too, then." You won, baby. You won, damn. That's. That's Calvin really right there, boy. He right. fumbled the hell out of that man. He fumbled the shit out of that man. That was terrible. Um, then we also got another super chat from ATL Joe with the phone 99. This conversation is leading into something I was thinking earlier. What if you could trade draft picks for cap space? Hell no, nah, because I ain't uh, I'm cheap anyway, so I'm not <laughs> me. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, not trying I, to spend all my money. Yeah, nah. That'll I, probably affect a a a a Jerry Jones. Yeah, he uh, he he. That's all he like to do is spend money. So. Mhm. Mhm. And hey, guess what? Hey, and make you fumble. Actually, made a point here. He said Ridley's money will be going to AJ Terrell. Mm. 
That's a good point right there. That's a damn I mean, good if it came down, if it came down to them two, I mean, it's AJ Terrell all day, every day. I'm not second guessing that. Like, if you say like who's the better player, like if you rank, where does Calvin Ridley rank amongst the wide receivers into the get uh, today's game? And AJ Terrell, to me, AJ Terrell is already a top five corner. You can't mm-hmm. say that about Calvin Ridley. Can you even say Calvin Ridley is a top ten wide receiver, even when he's at the top of his game? I don't think you can say that. So AJ's a baller. Like at the end of the day, AJ. Once I seen uh, the last contract, the last corner that just gets signed, like AJ's getting a hundred plus million. So we can just go ahead and get ready. And we talked about it. That's why we didn't need a sauce or any of those top corners because AJ is finna get the bag. So just get ready. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, let me see. Hold on. I'm, I'm sitting here looking for this comment right quick. Don't mind me, y'all. Don't mind me. Um, because okay, go ahead, go ahead. Here it go, right here. This one actually, I had to say, I I had it in the ammunition here for a while because I've seen this, and this is the main thing we've been seeing this whole time was Atlanta's in a good place. They will tank this year in the quarterback class. Is very good next year. Brady will likely be gone after this year too. That's not a guarantee that next year's quarterback class gonna be good. Who the fuck think that shit gonna be good? Are we basing it just off this year alone? Because quarterback classes can be dependent based on year to year, to year thing. So we thinking essentially what it is is everybody wants the Falcons to tank for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. What if I told you the number one quarterback for next year class might not be neither one of those two? John Meach, John Michi and Jamison Williams is not an Alabama. See what happened to Bryce Young when he didn't have those two. Mm-hmm. No Brian Robinson either. Like I said, I, like I said, the tank, the tank mentality is very, 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 very wrong here. We yeah, can't I'll be lie. thinking about it. we can't be thinking about next year's quarterback class if, if, if we're if, if we're trying to be real fans here and be fans and be fans of the moment. We can't be thinking about next year's class because at the end of the day, if this See, what it is is if you're hoping they tank, you're hoping that they win only about three to four games to be in that position. But then by doing that, you're basically wasted a pick with Desmond Ritter, who is the fit, system fit for Arthur Smith. Those two guys are not guaranteed system fits. So you're thinking because... They run and they throw. That's it. It's not that easy. Because so far, Ohio State has not been good putting quarterbacks into the NFL. Alabama ain't really been that great at putting quarterbacks in the NFL neither. 
Go ahead, June. <laughs> no, all I was going to say is um, with it, with him saying that, you know, talking about us tanking, I'm like, well, why did we draft Desmond Ritter? Like, I thought that put all of that quarterback talk to bed. Like, you guys know that I wasn't the biggest Desmond Ritter fan, like, out of this draft class. But after watching and, you know, looking at his tape, he might be the heir apparent. Like, to me, he he's similar to a Marcus Mariota, and I think he can make all the throws, and he can run. So I don't know why the Atlanta Falcons fan base, some of these fans don't like Desmond Ritter or want it. I understand. I, I was a Malik Willis fan, too. But let's just give it up. It's over. Like, they – and we talked about it. This is the bad guy ever uh, – bad guy error. They give it up. They pick Desmond Ritter. Like, he's the guy that they wanted. So let's just – Let's just be Falcons fans. At the end of the day, they like Desmond Ritter. They feel they figured that Desmond Ritter fit this team better and fits the scheme better. Arthur Smith, he wanted Malik Willis. How many times did we pass on Malik Willis? He went in like the third round, right? Third or fourth round. We passed him like two or three times when we were up where we could have took Malik Willis. They didn't want Malik Willis. They felt like Desmond Ritter was that guy. And I feel like Desmond Ritter fits the scheme. Let's just be real. And I don't really understand what the hate is for Desmond Ritter. To be honest, the oh, guys are winning. Hold on, I want. I, I want. Right, look, look, look. Hold on. Go I got. I gotta ask. I gotta ask Brandon this question. I got. I gotta ask him. I got. I gotta ask him the question. So, <laughs> if Malik Willis was to pick, would we be talking something different? I'm wait. I'm, I don't want nobody else to answer. I want him to specifically answer that right there. If Malik Willis. Was picked? Will we be saying the same thing? Nope. Because if we're talking about he couldn't complete a pass against Alabama, would I about to say he really didn't have that bad of a game? <laughs> would you rather have a guy struggle against a great defense in Alabama, or a guy that struggled against Army? I'm just saying. What did Malik do against Ole Miss? <sighs> because at the end of at the end of the day, is this is what I talk about as far as we don't know how good these guys. We don't know how good these guys are. We don't know what's going to happen. But guess what? You got to get the guy that fits your system. And this is why I loved about this draft and what the Falcons did. They told the fans, y'all not finna pick who the fuck we finna draft. Am am I correct? But we got Maurice Amy with the $10 super chat. He said before the draft, a name, a position of need that could help the all offense and the defense. I mean, at like they help the offensive line, defensive line. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think about that. That's kind of, I mean, I like, I, I keep look, it's not about which player can help 
we keep we keep saying this over and over. This is why Jordan Davis went to a Philadelphia. This is why we drafted uh, Drake uh, London um, at eight. I don't know how many times we're gonna keep saying. I mean, for God freaking sakes! Uh, look, <laughs> it's, this is can, hey, 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 hey! Look, we're gonna do it. This, like is, this, this is this is this is this is this is okay. This. Uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta get, hold on, everybody. We gotta get our Tai Chi on. We got. <sighs> okay. All right. For God's sake, bro. Like, <laughs> let me just say this real quick. It's, it's gonna be real quick. <laughs> Did you see Ritter against an NFL defense? NFL cornerback in Ringo, NFL defense. Didn't look too good. At all. He was getting hit. You saw the real him. Mm -hmm. You saw the real him when he was getting hit. When you saw the real Georgia team, not the team that was, in my opinion, they had a bigger plan at hand. But hey, that's just me. I could be, I, I could very well be uh, biased with that. But when you saw the real Georgia Bulldogs, do how did Mister Bryce look? Like how, how did he look against Georgia the second time around? Yep. He looked real mortal. He looked kind of like Tom Brady when he went up against the Rams in the playoffs and they bust his lip in the first half. <laughs> y'all, y'all remember that? Yeah. He looked real that's, mortal. That's it. That's, it. That's, that's literally all I need to say. Like, why are we trying to pretend like these guys aren't mortal? These guys don't right. have, like, weaknesses. Right. See, Stroud, if you look at him, I mean, do we got to bring up – do we gotta bring him up? Do like do we really have to bring him up? Y'all have seen his tape. Do we have to look? I, I'm I'm gonna just say it like this, man. It's not even about we keep thinking the draft is about a single player. No single player in any draft is never gonna get a team over the hump. Right. That's why you got seven of them. <laughs> That's why you got seven picks. You got something. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Like, bro, it's it's simple. We make we gotta stop thinking one player. This is not even in basketball with LeBron or Michael Jordan or Kobe or Shaq. Like, no one player is gonna get you over the hump. Everybody keep thinking about the, the 96 Bulls, but they had two of the greatest defenders of all time. They had one of the greatest six men to ever play the game in Tony Kukoc. They had one of the greatest coaches of all time. They had one of the greatest architects of the offense that we know now is a motion offense, but in Tex Winter. Right? It's a team effort, bro. We cannot continue to think, oh, if we just tank, 
for Bryce, everything about good. <laughs> oh, let me, let me, but hold on, let me let me ask let me ask a question though. And like I said, I know I kind of made the thing about the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does anybody know what Patrick Mahomes' damn uh, quarterback record at Texas oh, Tech was? Gosh. What the? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me let me look it up because I was looking at something else right there. Hold on, let me let me see. Patrick, let, let's look up Patrick Mahomes. Texas Tech. Let's see. Um, I know it wasn't great. Why are you looking that up, Kay? I got a question for Mike. And and they can answer this in the chat. How did the Jacksonville Jaguars look with Sunshine last year? Last time I checked, they was drafting number one again this year. <laughs> this, this This goof troop right here. Oh, my God. Hold on, hold on. We got a couple. Hold on, hold on. We got we got a couple super chats. We got to hit first, man. We got to hit a couple of super. The Tyler Cunningham with the five dollar super chat said Willis doesn't even need to look at a helmet for at least a year. When quarterback mess up, the fans push the rookies in, and that's when all hell breaks loose. Yeah, (laughs) gotta give these guys a chance. Gotta give them Mm -hmm. time a, a chance to understand the game. And war, look, we just got word from um, our source, and this is a real source, that, yeah, he's nowhere near um, – Malik is nowhere near ready right now. Um, but he he, 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 he got he got the playbook, and it's going to be a minute before he really understands what's going on. But for, from what I'm hearing, um, Mike Vrabel really likes this guy. And, and – he represents what Mike Vrabel um, wants from his players. It's tough, mm-hmm. hard nose. Right. You gotta have that, you know that 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 mentality. So at the end of the day, man, it's like it's not about the, your skill set. If you don't fit what that coach likes, mm-hmm. don't matter. That's how do, right. that's how Drew Bledsoe got his job taken. He didn't fit what um, Parcells want. Was it Parcells? No, no, damn Parcells. But Bill, Bill Belichick, like he, he didn't feel <laughs> all the bills. All the bills, all the bills. <laughs> but he didn't fit what they wanted. They thought Tom right. Brady fit perfectly for what they wanted. That's why they drafted him in the first place. So it was a fit. <laughs> you have to right. fit what a team wants. It's not about your skill set. Mm-hmm. The reason why uh, a Matt Ryan was taking that high and a Peyton Manning was taking that high is because they was able to fit in any scheme. Certain quarterbacks only fit in this scheme. That's why Michael Vick wasn't the number one overall pick. By San Diego, okay? Yeah, I, I, yeah, we traded up, so they didn't want. Him. They didn't want him because he didn't fit their offense, so we traded for Michael Vick because we knew what we wanted to be. We had a certain style that we wanted to be, and that's focused on running the ball, and playing defense. 
So you got to like Michael Vick is one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play that position. His arm strength, like the dude is forty two years old. He's still throwing balls out of the damn stadium and like, come on, bro! Like this dude is gifted. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. None of that matters if a coach doesn't believe in what you are as a player. So at the uh, end of the day, like I said, man, um, that all that tanking crap, it doesn't work. Tanking never works. Ask Philadelphia right now. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes' record at Texas Tech was 13 and 19. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, you need weapons. <laughs> yes. Yes. Alabama missing. Boy, y'all Alabama fans, y'all, y'all are some funny characters. I mean, Georgia Tech gonna be crying because they ain't got receivers. Like, come on, man. Y'all need to get out. Take the pennies off, bro. Like, take them off. You don't need them, okay? Jesus Christ. Y'all can't be a losing style. Alabama fans, oh, we didn't have wide receivers. Guess what? We had we had mighty midget at quarterback. Y'all still couldn't do nothing with that. Uh, I, I'm look. Let's let's get to our. Uh, that's gonna be my. That's gonna be my uncoded uh, rant too. I, I I got to speak on the Alabama. Oh 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 oh. We gonna we gonna have we gonna have a closing rant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I got to go. Yeah. Yeah, because me personally, hold on. Yeah. So, again, so yeah, D Sloan here said the skills he learned at Cincinnati to a playoff run means he's trash when his playing time in preseason come talk to me. Come and talk to me. But, go ahead. But, like I said, we're going to go ahead and wind it down for the night. Um, we're going to mm-hmm. um, get our final closing statements. Definitely was a good one. Um, I think we might as well open it up with uh, Mike's uh, rant so he can go ahead and set the tone for <laughs> Man, y'all got to get – look, I- I'm going to just say this. Alabama, take the panties off, okay? Give it to the women. <laughs> take them off. Y'all don't need them anymore, okay? It's okay, man, to lose, all right? You lost. You got your behinds whipped, and this is going to be a tamed rant, okay? Because this is heavy hitters. We're a lot more professional on this, or at least we got to be. But you got whipped, bro. You got whipped. Like, what are we talking about? Tom Brady got – have you seen his wide receivers? Most of his career outside of Randy Moss? Short and white. I <laughs> <laughs> say you say you say you say he found his receivers at all uh, trailing Burks on um, draft oh, party. Right. <laughs> 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 what are we talking about? They didn't have no receivers. Go ahead. Have... <sighs> I like I just Alabama, y'all some sore losers, bro. Y'all beat us up for four five years in a row. And you lose one championship game, and y'all act like it's like, oh, we didn't have our receivers. Man, stop. It's okay. 
You should be embarrassed that you lost to Mighty Midget, that quarterback. Like, you worried about the wrong thing. Y'all might get beat by him again this year. So, Alabama fans, just just get out your feelings, man. It's 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 not cute. Y'all got six, seven rings on y'all hand, fourteen rings, or something crazy like that, and y'all still up here worried about that. Like, come on, stop. Alabama, get it over it. And I know Jew feeling because he he always Tiger fan. They're always talking mess. Like, come on, man. Y'all got <laughs> Alabama fans yeah. are funny. They are funny. <laughs> They still mad at the fact that oh, the quarterback, no. the quarterback from the winning team was Stetson Bennett. That's what they're mad about. I'm saying Bryce sucks. No, you should be mad. You lost to Stetson Bennett. I want him on the right side. <laughs> <laughs> five. I don't care. That man ain't gonna fight. He's five five. Okay. <laughs> Oh my God, man! Oh jeez! Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, go ahead, Drew. <laughs> that, that's all you got, Mike. I'm good. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Drew, man. Go ahead, get the finals. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. As always, y'all make sure y'all hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, K on his way to one K. I'm almost at two K. Uh, Mike, I think what you're on on your way to seven. Oh, yeah, yeah well, 40-something away from 7. Yeah. Can see 40-something away from 7. Okay, so y'all make sure y'all hit the like and subscribe button on all of the channels. Uh, also, drop your questions because we do go back and do videos uh, based on your questions as well. Um, but all I want to say is I'm excited. I'm just excited about this what this new regime is doing. I'm intrigued to see what this Falcons team is going to be uh, this year. But I'm going into this season. Last year, I you know I said the team was going to the playoffs. I'm happy because this year it's wide open. Like I'm not making any bold statements. I'm basically just going to sit back and let these guys develop and see what this team is going to be. Cause we're playing with house money, uh, house money. We talked about the Desmond Redders. We talked about the uh, Marcus Mariota's. So this team, they have no pressure. Like they have no pressure going into this season. So I'm really excited to see what this young team is going to be. And that's pretty much all I have, but you guys stay tuned. Cause I will be doing, uh, breakdowns on each one of the draft uh, draft picks. I did one on um, Katie today, and I'll be doing one tomorrow as well. So uh, it'll be on Troy Anderson. So y'all get you guys stay tuned. But with that being said, I'll kick it back to UK style. This dude said they couldn't win six games without Julio Jones. They did. Motherfucker, they won seven games without <laughs> Julio Jones last year. What the fuck is you talking about? Man, can you release the quote? Release the quote, K-Style. Sit your goofy ass down. (laughs) That's for you, okay? Oh, my God, man. My God, I I, I know you to tank everything in life, bro, but tanking doesn't always work. If your team is that completely bad, it's just completely bad. But, bro, you have to How remember. How y'all been taking, uh, Jew and Cleveland? <laughs> Everything's a run of them. <laughs> yeah. They just now getting to the playoffs. You talk about the first time LeBron left or the second time? The first time LeBron I mean, left. Damn, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's been two times. Yeah. Like, like I think it doesn't work. 
you said it you said it right we know the tanking doesn't work i mean like we said look at the cleveland browns they've been tanking for their whole existence <laughs> they trying to get rid of their number one quarterback they tank they tank for bacon mayfield and now they trying to get rid of them. they can't even get rid of their number one pick so let's let's be real he just said it's so subtle boy <laughs> yeah let's be real Tanking doesn't work. Tanking does not always work. It doesn't work. And if you look at the Atlanta Falcons last year, this wasn't a tanking team. They literally lost. They literally were three plays away from being ten and seven last year. That's not tanking. That's unfortunate. Tanking for sixty years in Atlanta. It don't work. This dude, threw, this dude threw LeBron James in there. He said, "He said Cleveland tanked for LeBron James." I'm like, "Uh, no, the hell they didn't. Cleveland was not. They was just they suck. They suck. They suck. They was bad. Yeah, they was bad for a couple years. They didn't. Wait, they weren't absolute garbage. No. <laughs> and they don't speak on Philadelphia. Philadelphia was tanking for like the 76 was tanking them like eight years straight. The, they just they just started reaping them benefits like a couple years ago. <laughs> and it ain't really reaping the benefits because I want to add a caveat in there. Mm-hmm. When we say tanking doesn't work, tanking doesn't get you to a championship. I don't care right. about playoffs. I don't right. care about conference championships. We talking about mm-hmm. a Super Bowl because that's the end goal. Like a lot of people right. want to say, like the Sixers. Are the Sixers going to win the, the championship this year? No. So – they ain't yeah. reaping no benefits from that right. because uh, Embiid is hurt at this point. He's not even playing right, right now. So, and we see mm-hmm. James Harden how he looking. So, yeah, it doesn't work. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, James Harden that that's James Harden in the playoffs. He ain't shit in the playoffs. That that's his game because the thing is, see, he doesn't get the foul calls he normally get in the regular season. Once he don't mm-hmm. get those foul calls, he gets knocked out the game mentally like that. Mm-hmm. And plus. When we talk about tanking, we're talking about a mentality. And a lot of those franchises that you say that do a lot of the tanking and stuff, ain't that many championships in there. Why? <laughs> because let, let's let, let's be let's be honest. Would you want your team? You want would you want to have a team full of guys that's willing to tank? Because what's going to happen is if you start implementing tanking in the NFL, and this is why they've been trying to fight these cases, like with the Hugh Jackson thing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Because once you start adding tanking in the football, then they're going to add a football lottery. Mm-hmm. And I don't think football fans really, really want that lottery. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Good on that, bro. We've been complaining about the M- NBA lottery for so long on why the hell it seemed like the New York <laughs> Knicks always get the number one overall pick. Like, bro, you can have the 12th worst record in the league and get the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. It's a small chance, but it's still a percentage to do so. So I want to ask everybody, I'm going to leave everybody with this question. Should the NFL implement the lottery rule? I want to see some answers. Oh, oh, should, 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 should they implement the lottery rule? (laughs) 
Because according to Brandon Katz, he wants the lottery rule. Because I damn sure. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, a little bit of mix. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little mix, but it, people it that sounds, saying yes, K, is because they're like, okay, then you know nobody ain't gonna tank, because then you ain't gonna. Yeah. It's no reason to tank, because right. you still might not get the first pick. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's it. it like I said, it's a catch twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, you're looking at okay. Let's say, for example. Let's say, for example, a super, super good team just had a down year. Let's say, let's say the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes and them um, had a down year. Had a down year where they was like eight and nine, and they within that top thirteen. Woo, boy, boy, boy. And let's say what the year, and they just had one of them years where everybody just got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, like I say, it's a catch. It's a catch twenty two. I mean, like I said, you can say no. The worst team should get the worst pick, but then you have it to say yes because now it prevents the tanking possibility. Mm-hmm. So. So that, that I just wanted to add that right quick. Like I said, we could t- we continue to uh support um like I said, Jew Talk Sports, uh Mad Mike Sports, just <clears throat> support your man Sis Man K Styles. And until next time, we ain't here to play. We here to stay. You ain't gotta go home. But you gotta get the up out of here. Too sad. At the end of the day, people, don't worry about what he said. He wants Bryce Young in a Falcon uniform by any means oh, necessary. Oh, just, just at the Alabama end of the day. Alabama cases, Alabama socks, Alabama sunglasses. That man got Alabama everything. He probably fucked holes with condoms that got Bryce Young's face on them. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <Case> out. <laughs> <laughs>